everybody's the expert because everybody <laughs> has a plan. And so you find through your group and all of that. And we I work work at it from there. And at the end of the day, we go. We provide this. I, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's I'm the vote up here. I just get. I'm uh, I'm thinking I bit rates so the the yeah. gets only yeah. audio people don't like me in there. You know, it, I like to have a look. You might like to have you on the keyboard, but you can hear me all right. Yes, yes, I can. And I think once this everything everything starts running, we get past the uh, loading process. Uh, everything else will smooth out. So, um. All right. Well, I leave to you, and we'll you know we'll go with uh, how long do you want to go, or how long do you usually go? Um. Anywhere from uh, 15, 15 to 30 minutes. I'll, I'm going to give you uh, some time here just ahead of in, in the beginning, just kind of getting to know you. I'll let you talk about his shoes, her shoes, uh, some of the things that you and your wife's name is. Tammy, T-A-M-I. Um, and I'll let you kind of guys just kind of talk about what you're doing there. Um, okay. And then how, how some things have kind of changed and uh, some of the advice maybe that you've given to uh, families, um, uh Husbands and wives, kids, that kind of stuff with your ministry about how uh, uh, things are going. So, well, I, I, had, I had some thoughts here that I think might be appropriate for uh, for everybody in this lockdown period. It'll kind of tie with the flow. Uh, I'll take my lead from you, and I'll and uh, when I get going on and on and on, feel free to kind of cut me off or interject. Or and I have a tendency to talk through my shoes. <laughs> well, uh, that's, At least that's what my wife says. So, if you want to put that down as my marriage advice. Your marriage advice. Uh, my marriage advice usually is, here's what I did, now don't. That's usually my, my advice summed up in one statement. All right. Um, well, let's go ahead and get started here. Good morning, and uh, welcome to those of you out there in Facebook land who are looking on. Um
uh, special seminars for preachers and their spouses, uh, kind of spin off for different things. We here a year ago did our very first marriage seminar at sea, a marriage cruise. And so our concept is that we really want to uh, help to strengthen marriages. And, and like I said, and I mean it humbly, is we felt like after this many years and five kids and 10 grandkids that we at least had some experience that we could share and then turn people to God's word as I, I put it to you before the program started. Uh, and here's the way you should have done it or I should have done it. And I would encourage you to do it as well. So that's really what we've been doing. We spend about uh, 25 to 30 weekends a year uh, until everything locked down here. We had several cancellations obviously through May, travel about 50,000 miles a year, a lot of that by air to different places, coast to coast, border to border. Uh, God's really blessed uh, our ministry, and my prayer is that He's blessed marriages in all the places that we, uh, all the places that we've been. Sure. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, con I'm convinced that our congregation now knows more about Zoom and Facebook than they do about the Holy Spirit. Uh, so, you know, I think they just have really, everybody's been educated really fast in all of this. That's correct. Yeah. Well, we we, we I, pre I appreciate that. Every once in a while, our kids make our resume look pretty good. Uh, I'm not so sure that I'm responsible for all that. As I've often said, um, if Daniel and his wife have any struggles, we're keeping her because we really love her a lot. And she's done a lot to make Daniel what he is. So I'm going to give her some of that credit, too. Okay, well, I, I had been thinking about it since we talked here over a week ago about what I might share, and those thoughts always evolve a little bit, but I, I thought of something that uh, I offered on our marriage cruise a year ago, and I thought it was appropriate not just for marriages and for families, but maybe a little bit of it is, uh, is practical for all of us, and so I kind of wanted to start there, and, and that is, you remember that television program, Gilligan's Island, you know, those seven castaways, we all felt so bad for them. They had enough clothes, apparently, for a long time, at least some of the people on the cruises, but it was supposed to be that three-hour cruise, and they ended up on that deserted island, and it's, oh, how tragic and, and everything. Uh, 
They could make almost anything out of a coconut, but they couldn't fix the radio. There were a lot of things about that in later life I've had some questions about. But I started thinking about where we all are, or at least a lot of us, if not most of us are right now in our, uh, in our life. We're, uh, we're shut in, we're locked down, we're locked up, we're quarantined, we're socially distanced, we're cooped up, we're climbing the walls, all those kinds of things. Uh, we are, many of us feel like we're on a deserted island, right? I mean, it doesn't seem like, at least in the immediacy, that there's going to be a boat that's going to come by and rescue us. And so we're starting to experience what is often called cabin fever. Uh, I like to think of cabin fever this way. It's you don't eat microwave popcorn very often. And then when the microwave breaks, for whatever reason, you need microwave popcorn now, right? I mean, it's like, I've just got to have it. And so we liked beforehand the nights that maybe we settled in and didn't have anything to do, or it was great. Like Tammy and I travel a lot, and Tammy likes for downtime after we've traveled. And so, but all of a sudden, it's the downtime is the norm, and the staying in is the norm. And for whatever reason, we just get this creepy, crawly feeling that we need to be going somewhere. But I thought about it, I thought, okay, at the same time, if I were to describe this scene for you, there's nobody there to bother you. You don't have to work. You can lay out on the beach in the sun. There's going to be a cool ocean breeze. The palm trees are going to hang over you. And you're going to get to just stay there, not a care in the world. It's going to be your own private paradise. I think virtually anybody would go, that sounds fantastic. And yet, if you think about it, there's not a whole lot of difference between a private paradise and a deserted island, except in our perspective of it. And so I want to encourage folks kind of broadly to kind of realign your perspective of the situation that you're in. I understand as well as anybody that it's, it's hard not to be able to go and to go anywhere and to go anytime. I know that it's difficult not being face-to-face, -face, I mean, in real, in real life with our friends and our families, our neighbors. Uh, there's something about now having to go down to get our mail at the mailbox and we cross the street because of somebody that's on our side of the street instead of passing by and nodding and at least smiling at them. All that's weird, but at the same time, for those who aren't working, for example, I know there's going to be a financial burden as a result of that. At the same time, take advantage of the not working time, a time of rest, a time of refreshment, because when this passes, and I have every confidence that it will, things will pick up again and we'll be back to that hectic life. Spend some time with your family. Spend some time learning a new skill or a new hobby. Spend some time uh, doing nothing. You know, we as Americans, uh, it's funny, for us being as lazy as we can be, we don't do nothing very well, right? We're always on the go. And if you see somebody who is sitting on their front porch in a rocking chair sipping lemonade, you know, they're either a Southerner or they just are lazy, right? Well, this is that opportunity for us to sit on the front porch, eh, maybe the back porch. You don't want to have to run into anybody, but to sit on the back porch, enjoy the sun, enjoy some downtime. I think that's a perspective change that will help us in these difficult times. Staying busy 
but you can, you know, I spend half my life making a mess, half my life I feel like cleaning up the mess. So I've always got something to do. But I think that you can find ways, you know, learn to cook, learn a new language, uh, watch some instructional videos. The one thing that we do have right now as an advantage is this technological portal that lets us learn all kinds of stuff. There's a, uh, there's a subscription service called the Master's Class. Uh, I think it costs like $100 for a year, but there are dozens of videos from very famous uh, writers and filmmakers and photographers and athletes about how to do what they do. And so you could learn virtually from the very best. So take this time to enjoy your family and to enjoy some relaxation, to learn something new. At the same time, more to the point of marriages, I think this is a lesson that goes beyond our current pandemic, our current situation. And that is that sometimes people feel like their marriage is a, uh, is a deserted island, right? I'm stuck here. There's no hope of a ship coming by, nothing going to happen. And so when marriage becomes no longer that uh, private paradise, but becomes that deserted island, it's the same thing. It is a perspective change about how we view. It's not that the circumstances change, right? It's like uh, somebody said, before our marriage, there's only you. After our marriage, it's, I can't believe you're the one I'm having to spend all my time with. I mean, you know, we change in our perspective over time. Um, and I was reading, it was, it, was, it was unrelated to this subject, but I ran across this article um, I believe it's in like psycho, uh, psychology today. And they were talking about that famous story of Robinson Crusoe. You know, he ends up on this stranded island, it's deserted island, and he thinks he's the only guy there. And then one day he finds a footprint in the wet sand and he meets this native that is Friday, who is actually part of a cannibalistic tribe as the story unfolds. So we have these two persons, and if you can allow the analogy of Robinson Crusoe and Friday being like a husband and wife that come all of a sudden, you know, they thought they were the only one, and then all of a sudden there's two of them on this island, and one of them is a cannibal. I mean, I don't know how that ties in, but the idea is this. Robinson Crusoe has two different ways that he can approach his relationship with Friday. One of those is he's still got a gun, so he can, uh, he can oppress he can drive into service. He can force Friday to be a slave because, simply put, he's got more firepower. Uh, or he can approach him. He can build a relationship, a rapport, in which they become more than a master-slave, but they have this partnership and they work together. The same way, here's Friday. Friday has two different ways that he can respond. He can uh, get along. He can, he can uh, embody or embrace that relationship. He can grow it. Or he can be rebellious. He can be reactive. He can be combative. And the two go like this. And so in a marriage relationship, and for that matter, in any relationship, there are four possible outcomes that are being driven by two different individuals. The one individual can simply say, and I'll take the biblical model of the male spiritual leadership, I'm the spiritual head. You will do what I say you're to do. And I've got Ephesians chapter five, wives be in subjection to your husband, ready at the draw if I need to. That doesn't build a good relationship. 
You can have a wife who taking the concept of submissiveness, wives be in submissiveness or subject to your own husbands, to be that idea of nobody's going to put their thumb down on me. Nobody's going to hold me down. Nobody's my boss. Uh, I'm just as smart. I'm certainly better looking. And so what happens is when he exercises his quote unquote authority and she kicks against that, guess what we find? We find a relationship that it doesn't grow. But when the two realize that they both contribute to this relationship, and if you will, we're stuck on this island together until death do us part. So let's find a way to make this not a deserted island, but our own private paradise. When you can get your minds wrapped around that, uh, it's the concept of Ephesians 5, 21, the idea of mutual submissiveness. doesn't mean God rearranges the family, but the what? My role is to serve my wife. Uh, for those who think that they are the king of their castle, I always remind them, you know what the role of a king is? He actually is the supreme service of a servant of a kingdom, right? I mean, we talk about the king being served, but the king says, I provide, I protect, I rule for the well-being of the whole. And so when we talk about a man being ruling over his family, it's what? He's working to be the ultimate servant to his family. When a wife sees her role of submissiveness, not just as I, I am held as an employee or a slave, but instead it's me taking a God-given role for the well-being of the family. When those two work together, it makes, it makes a beautiful bond. And the two, uh, I believe, with God's plan over time, go from being joined to being actually mingled together. So that, that's really, I, I think that's a lesson for us in our current situation and our marriage relationship. And for that matter, I think it can, can go into the, uh, to the workplace. It can go into our uh, uh, neighborhoods and our other relationships. Just a great way to say, you know, we need to get our head turned the way that it needs to be turned. Yeah. Man, I appreciate the invitation. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm hoping to, I'm hoping to in the next few months release myself on my own recognizance. So we'll see if I can get out of my my current incarceration but we hope that we can come uh, we can come that way and we're praying for the folks in louisiana we know that uh, some it, it's been kind of nasty down there so we want you to know we're praying for all of you again thank you for having me We'll look forward to it as well.
Thanks, thanks again, everybody. Take care of yourself. Okay, bye-bye.